We have a very special episode uh, for you, uh, for the listeners today. And it's not like one of those after-school specials, very special episode where we're going to like turn our chair backwards <laughs> and talk to you about you know the evils of weed or or how you shouldn't cheat on tests. Nothing like that. We're no. cool here on this podcast. <laughs> we're cool. Uh, <laughs> we're we're actually uh, passing passing the doobie around as we speak. Yeah, as we speak in the. <laughs> In this podcasting space, there is no COVID. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, we're generous with our stash. Yeah. Uh, with us, we have uh, a special guest, uh, Olivia Hill. Hi, uh, I'm. that's me. Yes, thank uh, you for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. We are... Uh, I said before in the sort of the prep before we started recording, but you are our first professional guest, so we're we're deeply honored to have you on our dumb show. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's sort of like hmm, it's sort of like having a professional race car driver in a bumper car. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh like, yeah, yeah. The skill uh, set that they have maybe outstrips the vehicle that they're in, but you know, I think you're elevating elevating the work that we do here. So yeah. we appreciate it. Cause I think that you're giving me a lot of credit. <laughs> well, the thing is, we 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 are we do uh like dumb like what it feels like dumb nerd creativity, which is two friends talking into microphones about a thing they like. Where you do cool nerd creative stuff, which which is making tabletop games, something both of us really like. Deeply so, impressive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean. I make a lot of things, but uh, like you know, I, I, I make I make tabletop games, I make video games, I write novels and stuff. But mostly, it's just dick and fart jokes. But you know, <laughs> well, then, about late stage capitalism or something. Well, then I take it back. You're gonna fit right in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But since you're here, by the way, my name's Lexi. I am the anime Sherlock. Uh, and I am your anime Watson Holden King. Uh, and you are listening to a study in Sakuga. Yes. Uh, Olivia, would you like to be an anime fictional detective? You can choose, yes. pick anyone you like. Our our oh. last guest was Anime Columbo. Um, <laughs> yeah. So as long as you're some sort of anime detective. No, no, no. I'm um, I'm definitely, definitely anime, uh, or anime, um, Dirk Gently. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's this is a, a good cut. That's a deep cut. Yeah. I think it's strong. Yeah. Uh, As we hopefully get more pull. guests on, we're gonna yeah, it's a good poll. We're gonna round out the sort of pantheon of uh, anime detectives. Yeah. Um. But uh, today on a study in Sakuga, we are finishing up our look at uh, keep your hands off Isaken, uh, which was the manga by Sumito Owara, and the production of this series was done uh, by. Directed by uh, Masaki Yuasa. Mostly, now, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he he did the overall direction, but uh, there mm -hmm. were uh, different directors for uh, specific episodes, and uh, 
making an anime is a group production, as we saw throughout the series. It's a big task, and yeah, uh, that is uh, one lesson that this anime did not let you walk away from is is realizing it is not a not uh, does not subscribe to auteur theory. It is it is a team effort. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was it was a wonderful, wonderful send off for Yuasa. Uh, like it was a it was a really great last project for him. Yeah, I it, didn't realize this was a this was a last project for him. I'm yeah, obviously like, I'm the Watson here, so I I'm new to all of this. I didn't realize this <laughs> was this was his final project. No, it's a it's actually a really wonderful little story. Like I mean, without going into a big tangent, yeah, he um sort of retired. He might be working on some projects here and there, um, but he stepped down as the head of Science Saru, his studio that he founded. Um, he handed it over to um, a really wonderful um, Taiwanese um, director who um, worked on Izuken um, a whole bunch. Like she was the, basically the second in command for it. Um, and that puts her as the, I believe, the only non-Japanese woman to lead a major anime studio in, wow. in Japan. That's, yeah. it's a, that's an impr- impressive achievement. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And that studio is like super, super international. Um, I can't remember, but the, the, the intro to Izuken, which is of course brilliant, like all of Science Saru's intros, um, but it was made by, I want to say a Latin American. I cannot remember um, specifically, maybe Peruvian. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, it's, a, it's an international studio, super worldwide, super wonderful group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've talked at length about that the the intro to Isaac and, and uh it is not to not to say that I didn't like the previous shows that we've watched this is probably the best op that we've seen on the show i it's my favorite yeah. i've seen i've seen all of five <laughs> animes but i i don't know it's they're flexing their their animation muscles here yeah well, i don't know what shows that you've watched or if you're just talking about like in general but everything that science saru does is like brilliant for their their openings they're all very very solid um they're all very artful very interesting it's sort of a studio signature yeah um uh holden his uh holden has not seen a whole lot of anime uh we could (laughs) i could probably just list list them off by scrolling back through our episode list yeah you could count them you could count this is part of this is part of the project is that lexi as my my guide my teacher uh is is showing me for the first time uh anime in its entirety i uh was not i didn't get on board with anime uh when i was when i was younger i think a lot of people got on in middle school high school i missed the Mm -hmm. boat uh much to the chagrin of all of my friends. So uh, I'm doing it now. I found that it uh, gets harder and harder to make things and be a creative without uh, a, a touchstone of anime. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've found this to be similar to your experience, but more and more people use anime as a reference point or a, a an inspiration for projects that they work on. And I just am Absolutely. completely blind to most of it i have no point of reference because i haven't seen any of it mm-hmm. um and that was like a, a bit of our our thinking going into making this podcast is i wanted to like help show holding a lot of different anime very quickly um and this is actually uh the first anime he's watched to completion uh, yes Ooh. yes 
It helps that it's one it's one uh, season. That helps. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> short too. Like yeah, because yeah. we did watch for our first season. I've watched a couple episodes here and there for our our arcs where we decide what we're going to watch next. But our our first season was My Hero Academia, which I feel like is is the shallow end of the anime pool. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I I pick I partially picked this one because I thought it would be a good. Th- like a uh, lesson for me to get into the details of of how anime or animation is actually produced um mm-hmm. i i am a graphic designer by trade uh mm-hmm. i've you know i've dabbled in in tabletop game design myself and things like that and boy uh this show really spoke to me uh as a as a creative uh, somebody who's sat through critiques and has like completed projects and things, and uh, I know we're all creative people here, but uh, it the show really, really spoke to me in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, one of the interesting things I think uh, about like the slice of life genre, and like this is like a thing a few slice of life shows like tend to do, which is like they have this uh like they have this ambition of like inspiring uh like an action in the audience which is and like a few of them are specifically like trying to help people feel that inspiration and that drive to create things and i think isaacan is like an incredibly great example of that yeah yeah no it's 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 absolutely that as far as i'm concerned it's like so I'm probably a couple of times during this show, I'm going to bring up my favorite TV show of all time, um, which has a, it's sort of the same approach or sorry, it's the, the same bent, but a different approach. Um, and it's, it's a show called um, Aoi Hono or um, Blue Blazes. And it's a, it's a live action drama, but it's much more cynical. So it's, it's very much the how to be a creative um from a Japanese perspective for in manga, in anime. Um, but it is, it's the cynical take. Whereas Izuken is very like, while, while it can be disheartening at times, it is, it is full of heart regardless. And it's very inspiring. It's very, it's very passionate. And despite the fact that it shows you all of these hurdles, it also shows you the way that a good team can overcome them. Um, And I, I think that, I think that there's an honesty in that and sort of this like this raw creative energy that you don't really see with a lot of Western shows, especially animation. Um, You know, you don't you don't really see that in in children's programming because you don't really they're not very invested in talking about what it's like becoming an adult and becoming a professional, becoming creator. You know, they're always, you know, you can just you can be an astronaut. Or yeah. you, know, you can learn to code or whatever, mm-hmm. or they just do adventures or whatever. This is this is very frank, and I, I feel that one of the biggest strengths of it is is that despite the fact that obviously there's adult audiences, we are adults. Um, it is technically a show for children, and it doesn't at all at, ever speak down to them. Yes, uh, that's all. very yeah. true. Uh, like the agency that is given to the characters who are all like high school age they're they're all freshmen in high school mm-hmm. uh 
and like the amount of agency they give they give these characters and like their ability to articulate their feelings and like their goals to each other is like it you can see that the creators um like really respect the ambitions and like the uh the dreams of like young people that they mm-hmm. uh to- they do think that these people like have have that ability in them and like uh have the wherewithal that if they are given the opportunities and like the the uh the things needed to like chase after their goals they they can do it um which i think that's a very interesting thing that uh that they're like saying about like kids essentially well mm-hmm. and it's interesting it's interesting that you both talk about this i think the show's super interested in it you know how some people say about a comedian this is a a comedian's comedian like this person is funny only to other comedians who are in the trade this is this is truly an animator's anime and not so not just because it's about animation um but it they the animators i think the whole team on the show really the writer i think it's it's interesting because you do have to weave both the animator's perspective into the writing room uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of a lot of the subtler things that are happening. Um, I've said this a couple of times uh, as we've gone over the show, Olivia, but I it it's so baked into the DNA of the show that uh, they they not only explain a concept to you like oh these are how we we cut down on scenes these are how. Uh, uh, we cut down on on time we're spending. This is how we we maximize our efficiency. Um, they train you to notice it uh, mm-hmm. as as the show goes along, and so you you not only like are rooting for the characters, but also you have an appreciation for uh, the 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 actual work that's going into it. I I think it, especially if you're an animator, you watch the show and you're like, this is a this is like a brilliant piece of of fiction. Not only does it 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 like say how hard our job is and how much we love it, but also it teaches people to appreciate what we appreciate about it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it is like one of the things we are we have touched on is like that. And, like, one of the things I do think is very interesting about this show is, like, the way it, like, helps train the audience to, like, pick up subtle details and, like, uh, in, in that way, just, like, I think it's just, like, oh, (laughs) sorry, uh, sometimes the thought gets away from me, but, uh, just, like, to, to your point, Lexi, I, in one of the first couple of episodes, they they talk about how you animate wind, right? So they oh, yeah. they there's a, that incredible sequence where they have that fan, um, and they're talking through how to animate the fan, and and uh, I think one of one of the people, one of the girls, asks how you show wind, and then uh, they go step by step all the different ways you could animate wind, uh, and then when you're watching episodes later, uh, you're like, oh, like I. I noticed the wind. I would never have noticed 
that technique before, or uh, mm-hmm. I can tell you're like, I can tell that it's, it's stormy out right now, like really stormy because this is happening. And they, they told me that that was something that I should notice earlier. So there's not only a, like a literal lesson in the episode where they like go into what we call sketch space, uh, where we, <laughs> they sort of draw literally in, in their, their minds, uh, what's happening, but also, also, it teaches you to recognize it when, as you're watching the the show. It's kind of meta in that way. I suppose a, a an animated show about animation is has to be at some point, but um, well, I think that it's it's maybe foundational and and sort of like progressive. It it's telling you a story like any show would, um, but the way that it's building upon itself, it's it's telling you that sort of meta story because. Obviously, the the you know spoilers. The season builds up towards the short that they end up doing, and all of the principles that they have talked about end up in that. And I think that if you just watch the short at the end, I don't think that you get out of it what you would have gotten if you hadn't watched all of these episodes prior. Oh, yeah. It would have just been a cool little animated short. It, you know, it's neat. It's it's interesting. It definitely looks impressive for a bunch of high schoolers or whatever. But if you've seen the whole show, you know the meticulous craftsmanship that goes into every little bit of it. And you're like, oh, crap. Like, that was such a big deal. Like, that's such a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really fun because in... in showing the team working on a project you are you get so invested in seeing the end goal in a way Mm -hmm. that that you normally wouldn't you most people are would say that they're just interested in seeing the the product at the end um Mm -hmm. but to your point i i think you care about the ufo invasion uh more more so because it's taken you know it's taken you 12 episodes to get here you you had to have learned along with the group uh mm-hmm. exactly all the techniques that go into it exactly um how they you need to work on get foley work on how to get uh music added to it on how you you optimize sketching and you uh you appreciate that much more the the final product because you know this like took a you know 2000 hours or whatever yeah yeah uh, another interesting thing I think about, uh, the way they show the process and, like, the learning process these characters go through is, like, you can see all of the skills kind of develop, uh, and, like, if you, like, pay attention to the time that they are taking to make things or, like, the level at which they are making things, and they show this in, like, flashbacks, too, uh, in... In the second to last episode, you see a flashback of um, uh, Asukasa's uh, old sketchbook, and you can see uh, you can see what her older sketches looked like when she was in middle school, and how far they've come since then. And you remember how they looked uh, only earlier this season, and you can see the progress she has made as like just an artist, and you can see. Uh, like, also just how well they work together, uh, like, coming together, like, in the build-up to this last scene, the three of them just, like, working in tandem to create some, to create this thing, like, at their, at, at the peak of their skills so far. Well, yes, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah. Oh, continue, it's, sorry. 
No, sorry. Uh, I just was going to say it's, it is, uh, so interesting to me that you say that this was, uh, was his, his last major work, even if he's working on some smaller projects now, just because all of the, the things creatives love about being creatives or, or I would say tips that you like pick up as a creative, like are in the Mm -hmm. show. You know, like never throw away a sketchbook. That was one of the things I was told, you know, in in my design experience. They're like, even if you hate everything in it, keep it. You're just just Mm -hmm. to look back in future and be like, wow, I am way better than I was five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, imagine, I mean, think about it in the sense of, okay, so you have this anime studio and you've made a number of revolutionary shows. You made Tatami Galaxy, you made Devilman Crybaby, um, you know, um, The Night is Long, Girl, Walk On. Uh, You've made all of these really amazing, groundbreaking anime. And you have this studio and you know, well, it's about my time to step aside. I don't want to be doing direction anymore. You know, I have a life to live. Imagine taking that studio and walking them through the process of this, like, masterclass in animation best practices um like it It, to me it's like super meta because because (laughs) he's he's teaching his team to do all of these things that like he obviously had problems with growing up like it's it's super it's even though it's based on a manga about three little girls by you know a young lady like it's it's such an autobiographical piece from a, like a creative perspective. And I really love that. But um, have you, have you seen it once or twice? Uh, this is actually my third time going through this, uh, this show. Uh, I watched it as it aired. I watched it uh, again as we uh, like when we first did the tournament arc. And then after that, I watched it again with my girlfriend and I've been watching it along as we record the podcast. (laughs) So, so if you, if you pay attention to it the second time and obviously the third time, all of the stuff that they are tackling, all of the topics that they tackle, they actually come up in the animation itself prior to that. So you'll find that, for example, the discussion of the way that wind works that's animated very, very well before that. Mm-hmm. And you right. can see that. Like, it's so crisp, and it's like, ah. I. The second time you go through, you have to appreciate the, the sort of the masterful way that it was animated in accordance with all of its own sort of interior, interior logic and rules. It's, it's so consistent. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a very consistently, like, well-animated show. Like, all of the... Uh, all of the uh char- I think one of like this show's greatest strong suits is how well the characters are like embodied uh in their oh, animation. Yes. Uh all I of think them that have- was one of my first note or or comments or thoughts about it was that everybody has such a, a unique silhouette and character in a mm-hmm. and we had watched we Olivia, we had watched, you know, three uh you know, three other slice of life animes and my one of my biggest complaint with them is that every, it was hard to keep track of who was who right away um, because everyone had a sort of uh, – there's a sort of house style, I think, and I'm just coming in base base level. House style when it comes to like a, uh, um, a slice of life anime. Uh, yeah. Especially one with school. It The uniforms really trip me up. I'm, you know <laughs> – 
Uh, I like to think that I'm a smart man, but then the second that everybody's wearing a similar uniform, just all the names go right out the window. So it <laughs> mm-hmm. unbelievably helpful to me that everybody in in this show uh, was uh, short and energetic, or tall and mean, or um, and even even um, uh, Mizusuki, who is who is what I would say closer to what you might expect of a a protagonist in a slice of life high school anime Mm -hmm. um still was uh unique in how she looked because of the comparison with the other two characters i it i it was helpful to me i thought that was a really cool part of it um yeah yeah and well i think that that's also that's an explicit statement um because uh mizuski is um she's um she's she is very normal like she is yeah. very much a slice of life character, but the way that she is presented um, alongside the other two protagonists, that makes her an outsider. So she seems strange for being normal. Yeah, it's it's honestly very interesting because uh, uh, Misasaki, she's she's like a, a model. She is what like people expect a, a Japanese high school girl to look like, essentially. And mm-hmm. here she is running around with uh, a very uh, tall, lanky, uh, uh, angry-looking girl, and uh, uh, Asakusa, who's uh, short and kind of just a little bit stocky, and uh, just is very quiet and uh, shy. And uh, the way she interacts with them is like you can see in her that, uh, despite having this very normal appearance, she is on, like, a similar wavelength to them. Uh, she has these, like, character quirks. Uh, mm-hmm. she can, she has this, like, uh, she can have this, like, focused, and she has this focus when she's working, and, uh, it can, like, in certain parts of the story, become this, like, frantic anxiety about things, too, which I think is, yeah. like... A, a very well, important if that, credit. Boy, if that ain't working on a project, yeah, on any creative project <laughs> is just a deep anxiety uh, and frantic energy as you uh, try to connect the dots best you can. Uh, but yeah, the way she sticks out amongst the uh, amongst her friends is very interesting, and it shows like the range of different people that can come together to create something because like. All of these different people are coming from very different, like, walks of life. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, Kanamori has this, uh, like, background with the area, uh, whereas uh, Asakusa has o- only lived in the town for a little bit, but is absolutely infatuated with it. And uh, uh, Mizusaki is uh, a bit detached from things, uh, being, like, kind of... Uh, Apart from uh, her school life, uh, and like she does she doesn't seem like she has much friend many many friends outside of the Isaacin group because uh, she kind of is like behind the wall of uh, wealth that uh, it, she probably seems unapproachable to most people. But these two friends don't really see that in her, and more care about like the work she does and like how she treats them. Well, Which, and that's mm-hmm. that's her passion, right? If if Asakusa's passion is is big concepts or like the city, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Kanamori's passion is uh, money, we'll say, or management. <laughs> if uh, if if a mob boss can be a manager, yeah, I'm sure Al Capone did a great job at, at managing. 
uh, things. Um, I think uh, Suki her her passion is the the nitty gritty of animation. That's that's what she cares about. She gives a speech about it in one of the episodes. Um, the the whole argument she has with Kanamori about uh, small movements, like naturalist uh, movements that she wants to depict, um, are like I think the example in the episode was someone falling down a hill. Um, she finds a, a beauty in the the movement of it and wants to replicate it or duplicate it. Um, in a way that the other two are not interested in at all, I would say. Um, I I sympathize with that because she's that's that is the what you come to a creative passion for. You have that one appreciation for something that no one else does, but you get satisfied in 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 doing it. it she. Uh, animates that that like T flip. That was uh, one of the episodes she walked through. Her grandmother uh, flung tea out into the yard, and she ended up putting that into uh, the anime they made about the robot, the Robot Club's uh, mech. Um, I I don't know. That's just it touched me <laughs> in a way that I was not expecting because I'm like, huh, I've done that. I found a thing that fascinated me or I took from my life and I are as passionate about and I snuck it into a project that I was working on. Um, uh, I think like that is one of the like interesting points of this show is, uh, how much the characters like are putting these bits of their life into all of the things they are making and like, how well you can see, uh, like, this, uh, this town that they are growing up in kind of reflected in the anime they make, not just as the setting, but, uh, all of the things they make, and you can see, like, bits of, like, this feeling of cramped-ness, but, like, it's cramped, but it's also a bit cozy, if you understand, like, all, that is how all of these shorts, like, have felt to me, is, like, uh, you can feel this, like, bit of sadness of, like, this is a place that has kind of been worn down and, like, uh, put in a corner, uh, through, uh, what appears to be, like, uh, the onset of global warming, uh, but you can feel this, like, care for other people and, uh, like, this, uh, want to, uh, like, communicate with other people within, uh, their show. It, if that makes any sense at all, I... <laughs> it's a plus. It makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a community thing, right? I think I'm gonna go big, I'm gonna go big picture here. I think a lot of the time people make things, any, you know, any creative work, they are attempting to express something that they've been like that like an idea that has captivated them but also at the same time they are trying to connect with the community in in an interesting way like for graphic design that could be anything right that could be advertisements that could be book covers that could be whatever but it i think especially for anime that's something that is 
entertainment in that in in that way that people gravitate to and i it binds people together you know like everybody on this podcast i suppose me included now uh has a favorite anime right <laughs> and that's what you meet somebody who has the same favorite anime as you or you find somebody that hates your favorite anime and you are now i hate uh, you're you can talk about it right you you've formed formed a discussion or a bond based on based on that it's it's interesting to me that this show seems to understand not only the technicalities of making a thing but also why why you would even choose to make them in the first place yeah um that that's a very good point it's like uh whenever i'm trying to like sit down and actually write a thing i am like constantly trying to figure out the best way to express the uh this this like raw this weird little thought in my head that i'm trying to express to other people a a strange raw emotion uh and how to get that into words and like help people understand or like see that and like the fact that uh this show goes uh does so well to like help explain uh the feeling of creating something and uh, how fulfilling that can be and also the feeling of community that can be made in working on something together is like i think that seems to be the show's ultimate goal uh <clears throat> to me I, yeah, I think that there's something to be said about like sort of finding the life in things. Um, there's you anyone can make like dime a dozen animation if they you know if they try if they they study or whatever. But I, I think that a big part of Izuken's charm is the sort of the sense that no matter how boring and how mundane the world looks if you just open your eyes and look out in the distance and you 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 have that critical eye you can find something that makes your world unique and interesting um in the i think it's the first episode of izuken um uh mizakasi or oh, sorry um asakusa uh is uh, asakusa is is looking out over the the water and it's this like you know this lake this body of water on the other side is that that clock uh, which mm. is, you know, a sort of an interesting little facet there. Um, and I, I keep thinking back, um, the one, one of the towns that I lived in was um, Ashikaga, which is a part of um, Tochigi. It's about two hours north of Tokyo. And it's an interesting little town, but it's like, it's falling apart. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty boring. Um, you know, everyone there thinks of it as the countryside. Um, all, a lot of the homes are abandoned. A lot of the, the businesses are ramshackled now. Um, and it's definitely on its decline. And that's pretty sad. And it would be very easy to focus on that. But then, like, as I started talking to more of the people nearby and I started, like, paying attention, you know, I found, like, the, the town is named after the Ashikaga shogunate, uh, you know, one of the early rulers in Japan. Um, and there's a lot of really interesting history there. Um, there was also up in just one, one of the hills that I walk past every day on my way to work. 
Um, up at the top of that was a shrine to Raiden, the thunder god, which most of you probably know from being mm-hmm. named after, or a character in Mortal Kombat is named after, kind of. Um, <laughs> and it was deeply fascinated. I was able to go and find that, um, you know, went up, visited the shrine, really learned what made this place not just another ramshackle town. Because there's not just ramshackle towns in the world every one of them is individual and i and the strength there of izuken is like realizing that the mundane the boring is never actually that boring if you're willing to if you're willing to be creative if you're willing to be critical if you're willing to open your eyes um and that's that's where you get that beauty of the, the sketch land or whatever it is that you called it um where they're able to take these very very mundane ideas and turn them into just utter fantasy. And it's, uh, I don't know. It kills me. <laughs> it's yeah. really, that's really, that's really beautifully put. I, um, I, that was something that I had noticed. It's, it, it is, it makes a point to, uh, going off what you said is it makes a point to, uh, point out all of the moments and things in your life that you've been missing in this case, in animation, all of the small m- movements that you overlook or or how somebody animates wind and, and something that your brain recognizes and then passes over. And then it takes the time to say, no, 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 look at it. Look, we did that. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that it's small, but it's it's fantastic that we did it and you understand it. Uh, and I, th- I think the genius of the show is that by the time you finish, you're like, oh, yeah, actually, that's. Wow, look at the wind. That is incredible. I never noticed <laughs> yes. that before, but it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I see the like way uh the way this town is like uh shown in 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 the real world of the show and then is like how it's transformed by Isaac and like in their shorts. You can see the like bits of the town that they really care for and like it makes me think of like our hometown and um things uh, that i appreciate in all the the places that i've lived and like how all of those places have like uh impacted me and like the things i've tried to put those places in um like uh i i i constantly am like trying to figure out a way to like put the idea of uh the squirrel cage uh jail which is this like weird museum uh from our hometown uh into something and like put that like strange uh this this like strange uh like little the strange feeling of being a a, a person who doesn't understand what they're in and uh like this like weird um like bit of architecture and design and like explain the feeling of seeing that and like having that be uh, around you all the time into like the work I make and like just noticing those things and like putting them into the things you work on is like one of the great parts of this animation is like the awareness of what's around you, the awareness of people that you're uh, around um, and just like how all of that affects you as a person and also affects you as a creator is like an incredible uh, statement. I think this show does. Yeah, absolutely. Olivia, yeah. Olivia are you familiar with the Squirrel Cage Jail? 
No. Now I, I'm, I'm googling it though. Yeah. Let me. If I can. If I can walk you through it, and also our listener, if they uh, haven't heard of it before, it is a a jail unique to our hometown, um, where they had the bright idea. They had too many prisoners, and not a good way to get to all of the prisoners. So what they decided to do was to make uh, a big building, like a big empty warehouse, and in the center of the warehouse have the cells, sort of on a merry-go-round. And if you have a big crank on the wall, you can crank it, and the the jail merry-go-round in the center will turn. Uh, and then you can you can sort of rotate the whole building uh, so that you can get to one layer of, of cells at a time. This was, of course, a terrible idea. Uh, because yeah. you sort of you sort of get hung from the you you're up several stories with nothing to catch you, uh, and also you can just get your arms and legs pulled off if you're hanging out hanging out uh, hanging out the cell as it gets rotated and no one thinks to tell you. Um, terrible idea for a jail, um, but also horrible to be in. Just a just a terrible building. Yeah, uh, it's, that... <laughs> like, I I am constantly, like, every, I, I have, like, thoughts about the Squirrel Cage jail, like, a few times every month, just, like, thinking about how it is, like, this grisly little piece of uh, history from our, our town, and just how fascinated I am, because how could someone be just so dumb to, um, like make a make a jail where uh to like if you ever wanted to get us anybody out of uh out of the cells that are on like the most interior of the jail you have to rotate the entire thing and like this is a thing that like had a huge fire in it at a time it's yeah they basically said fire hazard what are we supposed to care Cri- for criminals no we don't not for them we we're, we're not interested in saving the criminals from a horrible fire it's, oh my god! I'm looking at pictures of it. <laughs> no, it, it's terrible. It's a it's nightmare. <sighs> it is also pretty haunted, as you can imagine. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, sh- it's has a cute name, which shouldn't shouldn't be right. It's like oh, the squirrel cage. Well, that's yeah, nice. I, it, bet, I bet it's nice there. No, the, and like <laughs> the the funny thing about it is like uh like a fun fact I like to talk about our hometown is that it is one of the few places in the world that has black squirrels. Uh, yeah. And anytime I remember that thought, the my next thought is, oh right, it's a uh, they named a a, a horrible jail <laughs> after that they, fact. They, they named this horrible <laughs> skyscraper of cells after that. Yeah, um, we had black squirrels at Kent State, and they they were really weird. Like that was a that was a very strange thing they marketed oh, yeah. with those things. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Everybody loves their college squirrels. I think we should probably take a break, Lexi. Um, just uh, just to cut it cut it up, and then when we come back, I will drag uh, Olivia into our our war on Pocky. Okay. <laughs> okay.
I have. I mean, I have taken a drink of something, and you, my body was like, absolutely not. That was poison. What you just <laughs> drank was poison. Holden, we all drink alcohol. <laughs> well, I don't know if we all drink alcohol, but a lot of people drink alcohol. <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying the the first time that I was in college and somebody tried got me to do shots, uh, they insisted that I use a chaser. I didn't understand why. Uh, <laughs> I took I took the shot of vodka, um, and. Uh, my body was instantly like, oh, that's poison. Don't worry. Don't don't worry. I got you, though. We'll throw it right up. That was, yeah, we don't want to get poisoned. And the Sprite that you drink afterwards is to trick your body into keeping the poison down. It was like, oh, sorry. We thought that was poison, but actually it was delicious Sprite. <laughs> Our bad. We got confused. Uh... Much like, I don't want to say delicious poison, because I I don't think pocket that would is be that would be poison. incredibly rude of you, Holden. There's no okay. Listen, I'm sorry to drag you into this, Olivia, but we have to get an expert's opinion. I'm sure I will be outvoted on this. But what are your thoughts on on pocky? Is that a, a, I don't want to bias your opinion at all. Are you satisfied? Uh, if you're like hungry for a cookie snack, would you go to mm. pocky? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, pokey, pokey. Uh, yeah, the, sorry, oh, that's, my, that's the, yeah, my bad. I'm that's sorry. me. That's my, uh, that's my bad mis- Midwestern pronunciation. No, that's, I think, I think pretty much all Americans pronounce it that way. I just forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I think that pokey's okay, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's a real popular snack. I, I think it's, it's all right. I've had a couple of them that I really liked. Um, they have, um, there's a cherry blossom one that tastes pretty good. Um, okay. There's a, um, I had a watermelon one that I really liked one time or mm. some sort of melon. I can't remember which one. Hmm. Um, yeah, but they, they, they have a lot of really good seasonal ones that I, I, I think most of them are pretty good, pretty interesting, but it's, it's very much like the kind of thing where I, like I'll eat, a, I can eat a packet of it and then not worry about it for a year until it comes back <laughs> around again. Right, right. So that's pretty cool. The normal ones I'm not too into, like they're okay, I guess, but I, I've never really like. There's always something better. My favorite, uh, my favorite like Japanese snack, I guess, is the um, as far as like candy type stuff is um, the uh, the kokinoko. They're um, they're tiny mushrooms. Okay. Um, they're, and they're like dipped in chocolate. They're not really mushrooms. They're like cookies, okay. but they're shaped like a mushroom. Oh. I was about to um, be. It, I was about to not understand completely. I'm so glad you clarified. <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, in Japan, they eat a lot of mushrooms, like more than anyone else in the world. But no, they're they're, they're little cookies and they're shaped like mushrooms. um, And the cap of the mushroom is dipped in chocolate. Um, They're actually pretty similar to pokey, but I like the texture of them more. Because pokey, like, it breaks too easily. And I I don't know. Uh, I can't believe you're on my side about this. I'm so glad. (laughs) I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to have to defend myself. My, my argument, again, I, and, uh, not necessarily anti uh, pokey, uh, but what I am is if I'm in the mood for a, a cookie based snack, I just think that there are better options. Like that, <laughs> yeah. what you that mushroom thing you just told me about that sounds like a way better snack to me. If I if I'm hungry for like a chocolate dipped cookie, uh, like a tiny stick is just not going to do it for me. I'm I'm uh, in the camp of uh, I think a Twix does everything that pokey does but better. yeah but better yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's bite to it that's the thing yeah. that honestly so as far as as far as like 
you know, kind of junk foodie snacks uh, in Japan. My favorite thing, and I've 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 seen them in America, but I've I, they're more popular in Japan, um, is um, potato chips that are um, chocolate covered. Ooh, I uh, could like. <laughs> They, they drizzle chocolate across it, like in a zigzag pattern. Okay. Uh, and they're so good. They're like, they're, they're hearty and salty, but also sweet. Um, they have bite to them. They've got multiple textures going on. They're, oh, they're so good. A tiny little bag of them. And I'm totally satisfied. I, I'm, with, I, I'm with you on this. I, I have to say before get, we get too far away from it, this is going to sound like something that I made up, but my aunt <laughs> makes a cookie for the holidays mm-hmm. uh, that she calls garbage cookies. And what they are are chocolate chip cookies, but she crushes up potato chips and puts them in the cookie. Now, I know oh, what yeah. you're thinking. That sounds no good. Or you, the <laughs> listener, I'm sure, thinking, why would your aunt make this? What possessed her to do this? Well, it's actually delicious. It's a salty, sweet thing. It's really good. There's a crunch to it. Uh, no, I have some relatives in Ohio that have made very similar. So I think that that's a thing that exists. Like, yeah, it's pretty that's good. That's great. Love it. <laughs> it just so- that sounds like an American product, right? If you're like, oh, yeah, in America, they put potato chips in their cookies. <laughs> and you'd be like, no, that's a fake thing you're telling me about Americans. No, that's real. And then they that's deep fry it. <laughs> we would, too. We would. And it would be delicious. You know what? <laughs> That's we a just state got fair food. I was yeah. gonna say the state fair was just recently, and I had it's been a while because we didn't go last year because of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, I did get my fried Oreos this year. That's a that's a yearly snack. Uh, and if I have it more than that, I will collapse uh, dead <laughs> at uh, probably forty five or so. Well, I imagine if you're in if you're in Iowa and you don't have those every year, like <laughs> what, what's the point even? Well, it's it's part of the contract for living in the state is you have to have at least one fried Oreo, otherwise they can they can kick you out. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it that's they upped it to if you if you eat the deep fried butter stick, then you're good for a decade. But that I'm not. Oh do my it, god, so, yeah. it, it would live. be too much. Yeah, if, if you, you live, if yeah. you survive if you survive the deep fried butter stick, you have Iowa citizenship for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you know in Iowa. That's what they call a Baptist citizenship. Yeah, that's, it. that's true. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, it's that, and uh, or if you can ca- uh, catch a greased pig, and that also sounds fake, but um, that is a one of the sports at the Iowa State Fairs. They they grease a pig and they put a bunch of toddlers in the ring, and they said, "All right, whoever catches it wins." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they do that to toddlers? Yeah, yes, they, and they they're, get bikes they're, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the cutoff age is is nine or ten. I think if you're older uh-huh. than ten, you can't do it. Oh wow! Oh my god! This is also yeah. again. This sounds like a thing I'm making up. This is real. No, look this up. No, they did that when when I was a kid. We we did that at the like the VFW picnic. Um, it it was the worst. It was so this awful. Good, my parents were old... like, "Why don't you do it?" I'm like, "Because I'd rather die." I simply don't <laughs> wish to wrestle a greased pig. Now, I have a I have a theory about the one of the state fair competitions. I am like half I'm half convinced that the uh the bagging competition that goes on at the state fairs is just like uh a a way to advertise for local grocery stores, like specifically gro- like local gro- grocery chains. Oh, um, sure. 
Like your I'm fairways, sure your high V's, your Kroger's. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that's it. I also don't think that's a very fun sport to watch. Is uh, bagging groceries? I don't know. They can go. No. They can probably go pretty fast. Well, sure, but don't, wouldn't you rather watch like a seven-year-old try to grab a greased pig? I don't <laughs> that, know. Maybe that's <laughs> that does sound like a better uh, like entertainment value. Um. Oh, I, I, I. So we got off track. That's on me. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I, um, I, I think we've covered the show pretty well. I don't know if if anybody has parting thoughts or if they if they have something they want to talk about <clears throat> specifically um, over the show or uh, if we if we want to talk uh, just about uh, anime in general. I'm I'm a pretty much a novice um i have seen one season of my hero academia and two episodes of a a handful of other shows uh so i won't be much help but um actually i would like to ask olivia a question uh of course please uh since we have just finished uh uh, holden's first uh slice of life uh anime uh, what thoughts about slice of life too we'll come back to that Uh, please go on what are some other slice of life anime, if you have any that you uh, yes. especially like, that you would recommend to Holden for like further watching? Okay, so there's two um, that I'm going to recommend right now. The first is, um, oh god, what do they call it? Um, Saint Young Men, <laughs> um, and it's it's um, an anime based on a manga uh, about Jesus and Buddha as roommates in modern Tokyo. I've heard of this. I've heard of this one. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and it's a, a really good example of, um, of, of really sort of like fundamental slice of life anime um, because it's not about conflict. Um, it's like sort of about situation. It was, it, it, you know, it comes from four panel manga tradition, which isn't really about conflict. It's about introducing one idea, introducing another idea, and then sort of, Finding those ideas together and then exploring what that means. Um, it, and would you call it a sitcom? Or uh, yeah, more... yeah, yeah. It's very sitcommy, um, and it's like eh, Jesus and Buddha obviously don't have a lot of awareness of modern culture in Tokyo. <laughs> um, so, like when they have to go to a bathhouse and they end up hanging out with some yakuza members, um, like they they all like start revering jesus and it's it's just it's it's very silly um they go to like they go to a theme park um there's a i i it's very difficult to explain the show in a way that really does it justice because all of the situations are very stupid they're very silly they're very goofy and and you really have to see the execution in order to really get the value of it but it's there's um there's a manga there's an anime and there's actually a live action drama um, the live action see, drama is sorry. I would so pay good. any amount of money to watch Jesus in one of those pirate ship uh, rides that flips around. Any amount of money. <laughs> um, the, the the Buddha one or the theme park one uh, in Saint Young Men is particularly good. Um, it's there's there's a really great bit where um, Buddha goes down one of those like big drop into water rides, and they take your picture at the last moment, and Buddha is like the you know he's like the fucking the icon of zen he's just sitting there like with his hand up calm while everyone else is screaming um, it, it's it's great um, that sounds fantastic 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's wonderful. There's a live action version um, that's also very good. It's by um, pretty much my favorite TV director ever, um, who also did. And this is not an anime, but it's practically an anime. It's based on a manga, and I mentioned it earlier. It's called Aoi Hono, um, at, or Blue Blazes. Sorry, Blue Blazes. And it is brilliant. It is probably my favorite TV show of all time. Um, it is about a manga artist and animator um, who it's, it's autobiographical to an extent. Um, and it's basically his, um, his time at Osaka school of arts um, in the early eighties. He goes on to do a lot of other stuff. He works on uh, G Gundam. He has a really, really great um, comic called blazing transfer student, which just got turned into a TV show. Um, but the, the sort of the hook of the show is that he is in art school and he's trying to become a famous animator um, and a manga artist. And he struggles because his classmates include um, a bunch of the, the staff from Gainax, um, including um, Hideaki oh. Yano, the, the creator of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And so... Imagine going to college and you're taking animation courses and like you sit down and you think that you're like king shit and the 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 <laughs> professor is like okay for your first assignment do a flipbook um anime um and you know you've got a week to do it come back and do it and then you like pour over this and you beat yourself up and you procrastinate and you wait for inspiration and you just kick your ass so hard and then you get to class and you're like I win I've got the perfect thing and then Hideaki Anno presents his flipbook animation, which is like masterful. <laughs> and it's like transcendently good. And it just destroys you. And he like um, did it in an afternoon. He, yeah. He's like, oh, I did well, it before class today. And like they do little, they do short films um, as a part of their progress uh, as in the class. And like Ano's film like gets a standing ovation. It's an Ultraman <laughs> film and it's just beautiful and powerful. And like, this just utterly wrecks this guy. And so through the, the season of this show, basically the creator, the, the protagonist has this heated, hateful rivalry with Hideaki Anno, but Anno doesn't even know. Like <laughs> as far as he's concerned, they're just like friends and classmates. Um, <laughs> but it's this like death rivalry. Um, and like through the, through the later part of the show, um, the main character is trying to become a manga artist for like studios. And he's like, I'm going to drop out of college and become a manga <laughs> artist. And he gets, he gets a, uh, basically a spec job. They're told, okay. Or he's told, give us a script, like give us, give us 18 pages or whatever. And he starts working on it. And he realizes that a lot of the things that he wants to do are completely impractical. Like he starts off wanting to do a school manga because he figures, Oh, it's a school manga. Anyone can do that. And the amount of time I've got, I can just throw together a school manga. And then he realizes how hard it is to draw the desks. <laughs> desks are just annoying. So then he decides that he's going to, instead of doing a school manga, he's going to set it in space because in space, all you need is blackness and stars. Perfect. Uh, and Love it. yeah, so it's, it is, it is like, it is a companion to, but a polar opposite to keep your hands off Izuke. <laughs> Uh, I, have, I have I to watch this that. show now. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> it uh, is powerful. It's so good. I have yet to see uh, Ava. Um, 
and I, I know watch it right now. <laughs> I I'm gonna save it. I think yeah. Lexi wants to gauge my reaction to it in real time. Yes, and I, I wouldn't want to rob her of that, um, <sighs> especially since I think there's like four separate endings to the show now. I, I could <laughs> I be incorrect, yeah. but. I, yeah. They keep adding decimal points, and that's confusing to me. It is. It's a super it's like, convinced, uh, super complicated. Yeah. It, it seems like it's a Kingdom Hearts sequel at this point. Um, <laughs> not quite sure how it works out, but I'm sure I will have it explained to me. Um, the thing My, is, uh, oh. yeah, the, go. <laughs> uh, the thing, the thing I do need Holden to do, uh, whether or not, uh, before he watches the, uh, the. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, I do need him to watch Sin, uh, Shin Godzilla, which is a movie I know he'll love. I do uh, love yeah. Godzilla. I'm a Godzilla. Shin Gojira is brilliant. It is it is amazing. I cannot recommend it enough. And unlike unlike Evangelion, I can recommend that you just watch it. Yeah. Um, Ava, my recommendation is, and this is this is going to sound stupid and nerdy. God, I hate doing this. Um, <laughs> my rec- my recommendation is um, watch. Um, classic 0078 gundam um the, uh-huh. the original series you can even watch the compilation movies but get familiar with them watch those if you get the opportunity there is a show that is called space runaway Edion. um i didn't get a very big english release but it does exist and it's um it's kind of a spiritual sequel to gundam um watch that and then the other one would be Devilman. Um, I would skip Devilman, the original series. Um, if you're not going to be, if you can't read the manga, you can just watch um, Devilman Crybaby. It is extremely intense. It is, um, it is, it is, it is a soul sucking, like nihilistic piece. Oh, but good. <laughs> if, I suppose that's you, a good other half of the coin to this very uplifting show about following your it, dreams. So. It really is. But you watch, you watch um, Gundam, Edeon, Devilman. And then you're basically prepped for Evangelion because a lot of what Evangelion does is sort of, it's in conversation with those three things. Sure. And I don't want to tip my hand too much, Olivia, uh, because Lexi is listening to this conversation right now, but I have been looking forward to when we get to Gundam. That is Gundam is my thing. I have a Gundam tattoo. Um, Like I'm a big Gundam nerd. I, Uh, I can see it. I can see it coming down the pipeline coming right for me. And I can feel, feel it in my in my brain in my soul that i am going to enjoy it so much and i I have nothing to base that on other than that i think it looks neat but (laughs) i uh, can well so like i can i can i can nerd about it forever it's it's like my favorite thing in the world it i love it so much um i have like i can give you all kinds of ideas for where to start and what to watch depending on like your investment level and everything like that but if y'all do a gundam show please have me on it's like absolutely it's my thing. absolutely yeah <laughs> we 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 would uh as as much as lexi is the anime sherlock of of the podcast I would not be able to have a full conversation with her. I'm I am the Watson. I'm a I am mostly here to stand around and point out how smart Lexi's point was. So <laughs> mm-hmm. if we have a second if we have a second investigator on the team, uh that would actually be a pretty good uh discussion, I would imagine. And then I can I can do my jokes about I don't know, bumper cars or <laughs> 
Um, if I'm being honest, like, uh, one of my marks of shame in watching anime is that, uh, how paltry few, uh, seasons of Gundam I have actually watched. Um, I, 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 one of the shows that I did watch quite a bit, uh, in my, uh, Toonami days is, uh, Gundam Wing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> um, so it's the worst Gundam, and it's like what everyone got introduced to in the West. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've seen quite a bit of Gundam Wing, but uh, I, I have, I did uh, a while ago start my journey on the original series of Gundam. I still need to like finish doing that because I did like like the intro that it gave me, uh, and like I do find these characters like from what I've seen these characters. It's very interesting. The world it has is incredible. Uh, but I still need to get through it. Uh, for me, uh, like, the, the road to Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, for Holden is, <laughs> is uh, a long and arduous one. Yeah. Many pitfalls <laughs> on the road in front of me. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, I do want to talk a bit about the, uh, slice of life genre kind of in general. Uh, I was, so, again, you both have more experience with this in general. This is not, as much animation as I've watched, it's typically been Western animation. And there are, there is no such thing as a slice of life show uh, in Western animation. At least I don't think. I could um, be wrong. I, I would almost argue that there are a few in adult animation. You could, you could say. Simpsons. Hmm? Simpsons. Simpsons. Oh, you... oh, yeah, that's actually a pretty damn good one. <laughs> it's yeah. a comedy too. I guess it... here's. I guess what I learned about Slice of Life is that it can be many things. It, mm-hmm. it can yeah. be. It straddle the uh, the line between Slice of Life and also a comedy show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing about Slice of Life it is that a lot of the time it is uh, comedy. There are a few anime that aren't comedy but are Slice of Life, like um, uh. Uh, March comes in like a lion, a show I still need to watch, but I am putting it off because it's about depression. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good reason. Yeah. I So what I was expecting for Slice of Life is I expected it to be slightly directionless, and it doesn't help that we started with Nishijo. <laughs> that sort of colored my expectation of what it was going to be. Um, mm. I am. I'm not sure if either of you have watched any Gilmore Girls. Um, oh, a little bit, yeah. My fiance has been putting it on in the background, which of course means that I'm completely invested in a show that she doesn't care about. <laughs> but uh, that show is is a live action slice of life show because <laughs> it it's bizarre to me. It's such an artifact from the early aughts. Is because that show. I don't want to say nothing happens because a lot of things happen in Gilmore Girls, but um, nothing of there is not high stakes in that show. It's all very low stakes about who got dinner with who, or does this person love this person, or how is the business going to survive? You know, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not very urgent even when it's happening. <clears throat> and it's just like seven seasons of that of people yeah. just having quaint small town moments uh and that's sort of what i thought uh slice of life anime was gonna be it was just be a couple of people having a, a low stakes uh adventure 
not even an adventure where they go to dinner. I just watched mm-hmm. an episode of Gilmore Girls where they were window shopping in a mall. And that mm-hmm. was the episode. And I was <laughs> like, this was a program that they put on television. And for a long boy, time. Yeah. And we're like, boy, did did small things happen in this episode? And uh, uh, I think Isaac is a good uh good counter argument to that in which a lot happens all the time even though i would say Mm -hmm. the stakes are relatively small so one way that i've heard slice of life described um by a a manga artist that I, i used to talk to in japan um is that the stakes seem small in or let me trying to think of how to translate this um what they said uh basically okay so the stakes seem small except for the the show or the manga has established them in such a way that you are supposed to sort of get invested in the stakes so like if you're an outsider it seems silly and trite but Mm -hmm. but the idea is is that you're supposed to get invested in these sort of small things i guess i guess that's it's similar. It's distinct, but it is similar to like a like a, a Western sitcom in that way, mm-hmm. where the I was talking to a friend about this uh, yesterday. Is in that sitcoms have extremely low stakes, but through the care familiarity with like characters and and the antics that are happening, if yeah. uh, the, if they don't become high stakes, they at least become exaggerated stakes. Um, yeah, I think that is that's a good way for my brain to think about slice of life especially with the ones that we watched is they are not super you know the the world will not literally end um but it feels like that Mm -hmm. yeah um oh like one of the one of the things uh that i do really enjoy about uh slice of life shows is the uh like way that it does help, like kind of let you see these characters like uh interior life and like the relationships they have with others and like i think that is that to me is what is at the core of uh slice of life shows is like these it's it's like it's sitcoms that are like mostly uh based around, like, relationships and, like, these characters that you like bouncing off of each other in interesting mm. little situations. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get to be a voyeur, basically. Yeah, yeah. it is, it is a, a bit of a voyeuristic uh, genre because you, you're yeah. watching, uh, uh, like, the, the shortest version that, like, is commonly tossed around on the internet a lot is cute girls do cute things. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, like that, learning to play guitar, like like learning to play guitar, uh, as in uh, K-On, or uh, learning to make an anime, as in uh, Isaacin, or learning to look at the stars with uh, someone you asteroid. Lo- <laughs> asteroid <in> love. <laughs> yeah, asteroid in love, which was a show, another show we uh, briefly sampled. Um, but uh, more in. In general, speaking of anime, uh, what is what are some other shows you would recommend to someone who's like fairly new to the genre, Olivia? Okay, so ba- okay, so what I would say I would go for probably two of them. Um, 
Oh God. Um, so the first one, and I think that, that it's probably a really good, like sort of iconic example is um, Barakamon, uh, which is, um, it's a show about um, a young, or uh, a young man. He He's a, a calligraphy artist. Um, and he basically goes out into the rural countryside to stay for a while um, and practice his art. But also he's trying to overcome his, um, his temper. Uh, oh. And like, you're basically watching him try to deal with his personal problems while also working on his craft. And because it's a small town, like it's a little rural village, everyone is super, super invested in like his shit. Like they're all up in his <laughs> his business. Um, they all want to be his friend. They're all interested in what he's doing because their lives are very boring. So an outside artist coming in is like super captivating to them. Um, and obviously that sounds super low stakes, but that's the thing. Like you do get invested in what he is doing and what they are doing um, because, because they're all charming. They're all interesting. You know, they, they do sort of invite that. Um, the other a, big, would you call it a character study? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's de definitely a character study. Um, and it's like, you really feel for this guy because he's got these flaws, like he's got these problems that he's really invested in trying to overcome. But it's it's not as easy as just deciding that you're not going to be angry anymore. Um, like you, you can't just do some trick and erase that from yourself. Um, and so this it's it's a really big struggle, and it's oftentimes one that like you realize he, he can't really overcome it completely. He can just sort of learn to deal with it. Um, and like I don't know, it's it's super fun. Um, it's a very good show. I really, really recommend it. Um, the other one that I recommend, and this is like, I recommend this one to, to everyone who likes things that are good. Uh, it's called <laughs> Shirokuma Cafe, um, and which is um, oh, Polar Bear, Polar Bear Cafe. Why can't I not think of that word? Oh, <laughs> it's, I, it's, I think yeah. I've heard of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so it's um so Shirakuma Shirakuma Cafe is literally a show about a polar bear uh, who has to get a job because his mom gets upset with him that he's lazy and living out of his house, um, and so he um, tries to work at a cafe, and that doesn't really go very well because he's very lazy, um, and he ends up um, he ends up doing some work at a local zoo as a zoo animal. Um, like he hangs out part time and, you know, gets fed and hangs out. Um, uh, and the cafe is the, um, the sort of like the center of the drama, the hub, it's the, the cheers, if you will, um, of this story where you have all of these weird animals and people who are like interacting. Um, and, and there's a certain surreal nature to it because obviously we don't hang out with polar bears at cafes, but in this story they do. <laughs> and it's it's not really the world doesn't really bend to accommodate that um there are certain things like for example the zoo hires part-time animals to be zoo animals but they're still zoo animals um right. and and like the the animals in the cafe are still just animals um and sometimes there are complications with this because it's an animal um and it's very weird and but then sometimes it's just second nature to these people like it's just the way that the world works um and sort of the interplay between the real and the surreal of this world just makes it an endlessly amusing world like the characters are just so cute um 
and but. yeah, like it, it's 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 remarkably fun, and I I cannot recommend it enough. It's it's, it's super slice of life. Like it's it's a very it's like I don't know. It it it, it it's almost like David Lynchian uh, in a way <laughs> because it's like it's 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 very strange but very mundane and it feels like at any point if you scratched under the surface you're just going to find like something that you cannot comprehend um like it's this beautiful balance of of like of true surreality and 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 basic mundanity like I don't know. I love it. I love that, it. You, you, y'all should watch. Sounds it. that it sounds, sounds incredibly like my shit. Um, it sounds charming. <laughs> if you okay, if you're gonna go to a cafe, what yeah. animal would you have coffee with? <laughs> Doesn't have to be a date. You could just be hanging out. Oh man, I mean, oh. see, that's very difficult because I have I have a dog and two cats, and like I love yeah. them very much, but I cannot conceptualize myself sharing anything with them. Um, yeah. Because the dog is ridiculous and stupid and begs all the time, and that the cats want nothing to do with me unless I'm doing something for them. Absolutely, um, I, I love my dog very much, but I would never take him to coffee. No, absolutely no. not. I would. No, 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 like no. we're hanging out at home. We're not going to go get coffee. You wouldn't like it. Zygmunt like, would. <laughs> Zygmunt would be uh, a, an absolute wreck after a cup of coffee. Yeah, coffee. He's, that's like he's like a toddler that you have to lie to. You're like, oh, this is for adults only. This is. You wouldn't like the coffee. You wouldn't like coffee. <clears throat> you know, I, I think I would like to go for a, a particularly smart animal, um, like a crow um, mm-hmm. or an octopus. Ooh, uh, an octopus would be good because how many drinks do they have at once? You know, <laughs> right, right, yeah. You could mix and match on that one. I would say the conversation. Can, okay, the conversation would be great with a smarter animal. I think it would be more fun to have a big animal uh, because you're like, how often do you get to talk to like a hippopotamus, you know? Oh, yeah. Not often in my line, you know, in my line of work. But also, I think it would be very funny to see like an elephant or hippopotamus try to sit in one of those uh, small plastic cafe chairs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think I I would actually take uh, the the exact opposite tack. Uh, I like I want to know. Like, how is the life going of like a uh, like a mouse or a squirrel or a or a rabbit, um, some kind of some some member of the like rodentia family? Like, how are things for you? Are you doing okay? Um, <laughs> being being did, this small did, did cannot you, be very good. <laughs> did you like Redwall, or was that sort? Was there sort of a lot of stereotypes in that that you were uncomfortable with? Uh, oh, how do you man. how do you feel about the borrowers? Is that tiptoeing up to the line, or <laughs> are we cool with the borrowers? Oh, I, I okay. My next answer then: fruit fly. I fruit would love fly. to. <laughs> yeah, I would love to sit down with something with a super short lifespan, and that way, like, I could sit down with generations of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we had your great grandfather in here last week. What are you up to today? You just you got like seventy two <laughs> hours, right? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I am. I think we'll come back to slice of life, right? I I'm not the keeper of the the tournament arc where mm-hmm. we pick animes, um, but my okay, oh. Uh, so, 
Hold just a moment. Uh, something I, <laughs> I would like to do. Olivia, uh, let me explain the absolute Byzantine way we have constructed our podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a mess. Uh, but it is our mess. We've, we've kind of been alluding to it, but I, I feel like you deserve to know. Uh, so the way we have been deciding how we, which seasons of uh, anime we watch, uh, is I will choose four different, uh, shows to sample from. We will watch okay. two episodes from each, each show. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, we discuss these, uh, these shows, uh, as Holden has seen them, uh, head to head tournament style, uh, like with, uh, two paired up, uh, like, Two pairs, uh, going against each other, and then a final match off. And, like, in, at, at the end of that dis- discussion, we decide which, uh, anime we're going to, like, watch a full season of. Uh, mm. those, those are, like, that's how we've been, uh, figuring out which an- anime we're going to watch. And it's a very complex way to do things, but I, I just have I'll, a very. I also get to make a lot of jokes about the only arc of Dragon Ball Z that I've ever watched, the Cell Saga. <laughs> so, uh, it really, really rounds at home for me. That's the the only anime knowledge I can bring to the table, unless it's the first two seasons of the Pokemon anime, which Lexi refuses to talk about with me for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, as I'm sorry, Holden, you were on a point, and it has flown from my mind after explaining Uh, ourselves. No, no. What I was going to say is I'm sure we'll do another tournament arc with, um... Yes. With, with, uh, Slice of Life animes. I think we might have had one sneak in in a previous arc. I'm going to say Toradora is perhaps a Slice of Life anime. Yes. Uh, Okay. It is, it is a slice of life or uh, romance. Uh, probably both. Um, things can be two things at once. Sure. As we Absolutely. learned. I learned it this time. I learned it with, with uh, Isaacin, So, um, But uh, on the topic of our weird tournament arc, what's an anime you... What's What are two animes you would like to see go head-to-head? Uh, Olivia. Oh, God. Okay. Um, let's In- see. Uh specifically tv shows yes yes oh my god okay give me a moment not to, on this. yeah not to put you on the spot too much <laughs> no 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 that's good that's good um so let's say uh, they don't even have to be good they could be bad you're like <laughs> i've had i've had top shelf animes if not top shelf at least mid shelf animes this entire time i don't have a baseline you know how they say when you start drinking beer you should drink a really bad one and then so you know Oh yeah, the, absolutely. The, it can't get any worse than this. I haven't had my I haven't had my natty ice of <laughs> animes yet. <laughs> so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deep um, into my childhood, um, or I guess my teen years, um, and I'm gonna say um, Tenchi Muyo versus um, Ranma One Half. Oh, Ooh, I, I have actually seen the first two episodes of Ranma One Half. This is uh, this was. 
uh, a while ago when we were doing our test uh, test episodes for this show, actually. Oh. So I have actually seen the first two of Ranma One Half. Um, I have not seen the other show, though. Oh, okay. Well, Tenshi Muyo is a good one. Um, it's a solid one. It's very dated, I would say. Um, mm, okay, okay. Well, in that case, then, if um, if that's the case, then, um, if you've already seen Ranma, then Tenshi Muyo and um, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> that one I have not seen. I, okay. Name, the name sounds familiar to me, which makes me think Lexi may have said it to me before. <laughs> I've probably brought up revolutionary girl utena in your uh company before that's a show i i absolutely love um i think there's a certain age like there's a certain age range of trans girl who like (laughs) pretty much guaranteed has seen it um so yeah yep but yeah Uh, there's my recommendations tenchi muyo versus uh, revolutionary girl utena uh, that sounds uh, like a good uh, good matchup. I know nothing about either of them, but uh, <laughs> listen, this is why we have the experts on. Yes. They need to tell me. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get both our guest and Lexi to agree to show me bad animes. Nobody uh, wants oh, to I, do it. I will absolutely give some thought to that. Like, you bring me on to talk about Gundam, and I will I will rant about shitty on <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh Well, thank you for that. Um... Let me see where we're at with time. Yeah, uh, I think we have uh, used up enough of your time, Olivia. Yeah. Uh, do you have any? Uh, okay. Do you have any final thoughts on the on um, Isaac in general uh, to leave oh us with gosh. your parting wisdom? <laughs> I know we've talked about it at length. Well, no, I think that um, I, I I I really believe that it is um, it is like a very good sort of foundational piece. I've talked to people having seen that show who I would say probably have a better foundation in what it takes to be a collaborative creative worker than like a lot of first year college students from an art school. Oh, like sure. <laughs> it's, it's such a solid piece. Um, and like, I'm, I, I really, I really think it's, it's, it's a beautiful one. Um, I'm actually really eager to see the movie. Um, but you know, I, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, um, I, I need to watch that as well. This, well. We might watch that for the podcast at some uh, point. Pardon? There was a movie? A live-action movie. Yes, a live-action oh, movie. Oh, you've told me about the live-action movie. That's true. Yes. That's true. Um, that, might be a, yeah, that might be a bonus episode that we do. Um, uh, we didn't even touch on Domeki. Love her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Domeki's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I am glad that you came on a to uh talk about it with us i I think you are a a good voice for the creative process especially this show has a lot a lot to say about it it resonated with me in a way again i said it several times i wasn't expecting it to i was sort of unimpressed with k-on um (laughs) and i don't mean to i've only seen two episodes so don't send me angry emails but uh i had i this was this was just charmed me completely so i'm glad to mm-hmm. glad to hear you you talk and explain to me why i liked it so. <laughs> i i think that like because so i i you know I've, I've spent a long time in japan i've lived a significant portion of my life there um and i of, of all of the anime and the manga and stuff that i've seen i feel like it is the most honest portrayal of school life in japan at least from the perspective of like 
the the bureaucracy, the teacher side, the administration side, um, it feels exactly like so many of my frustrations there. Like it's it's uncanny. It is <laughs> very, very real. It, it's funny to hear you say that that is kind of accurate, an accurate portrayal. Uh, we've been joking about mob mob families going head to head as the vibe we get, um, but it it does seem if. Uh, that uh, it is uh, an exaggeration of, uh, no, of the truth. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> not that. <laughs> uh, no, that... so in, in a school that my, my partner taught at, um, there was a mob family. And so there's this um, there's this event that we do um, that's it's called um, Undokai, which is basically like sports day. And like all of the kids go on a Saturday and we all like all of the parents go too. and the parents watch the kids do all of these ridiculous sporting events all fucking day in the middle of the heat. It's awful, <laughs> uh, but like it's just tradition, whatever. But every year we would go to the Undokai for our kids and we would sit there and we would hang out, we would watch and whatever. But then every time a little bit late, there was this guy that came out and like he was Yakuza. Like he wore the, the extravagant, ridiculous suits. He had the tattoos and everything, wore these like gold plated sunglasses and shit. And we were like out in the boondocks. Like this was like a real rural school. And like the first time we saw him and like all of the parents like look and like watch him go to his seat. And then, you know, we asked one of the locals, like, what's up with that guy? And she was like, oh, he's um, he is organized crime. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 they were in, I was like, well, I thought that that was like you know a problem, and that like we had to sign all these papers saying that we weren't as affiliated to come here and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, but he gives a lot of money to the school. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Um. Uh. uh again. Uh. The. That's that's a very. Good to hear that, like, Isaacen does a good job portraying that. Uh, also, uh, thank you for coming on our show and being just a, a wealth of knowledge for us. Yes, thank you. Super. There's a, there's a, only so much that uh, Lexi and I can say about a topic. Um, and it, it's good to, good to have a, a fresh perspective come on and uh, tell, a, tell us... Uh, all of the things that we perhaps overlooked or yeah. <laughs> uh, expound on our point in a more eloquent way. So I, I do appreciate it. It's uh, It's been great fun. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Olivia, is, is there... Uh, first of all, I would like to uh, say uh, that I am uh, a... Uh, I find your work uh, very admirable. <laughs> like, not... I admire your work. I have been meaning to like find people to play I Hunt for uh, a little bit now. I I am a huge fan of that Aww. concept. Uh, I just really like all vampire stuff. So uh, seeing I Hunt is very cool, uh, and it's been great talking to you. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, is there anything else you would like to plug uh, for? Oh gosh. Our- Oh man, I don't know. Like that's the that's my life right now. As I'm working on I Hunt, so I'm writing an I Hunt novel. I am working on the I Hunt game, and I am currently doing some spec scripts for I Hunt potential TV shows and oh, stuff like that. Wow! So, like it's <laughs> wow. yeah, we're doing. I'm doing a lot of stuff uh, with I Hunt. I'm doing a couple of other things, but like they're like all in in planning stages and stuff like that. 
um, I hunt is like, oh, it's it's my life. It's 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 great. I <laughs> um, all of this stuff you uh, post on Twitter and like everything about it is great. Um, uh, Holden, eventually, I'm going to bully one of our friends into GMing a game because I have to be in it. I can't run. I can't run I a, a, a game like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's too much up your alley to uh run. yeah there there's uh, a <laughs> um well speaking of twitter uh can where can people find you olivia so my twitter is um it's at machine iv like the roman numeral four um machine iv um that is my twitter that is my probably my biggest place online um you know you can find ihunt at ihunt.fun but Twitter is where I do most of my yelling and most of my public-facing game design work. So that's where I would recommend people go. Absolutely. For sure, go and check her out. Give her a follow. She is uh, extremely talented and has uh, work that you can get right now. Right now. Oh, yeah. Right now. Listener. Um, You can also find me on Twitter at HexOfLexi. You can find uh, this show at SakugaPod. Um, Holden, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me uh, on Twitter.com at not underscore daredevil. Uh, and you can email the podcast any questions uh, or comments concerned. Uh, again, compliments. Uh, I think we'll just focus on compliments. If just, you just have nice things to say. Again, uh, napkin drawings uh, of me as a cruddle and Holden as a robot. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, again, we need, we, uh, thank, uh, Rainbow Lithium for the, uh, portraiture that was, uh, made for our, uh, podcast art. Um, uh, great job as uh, always. Thank you to her. Um, and also if you have the time and wherewithal, we would ask that you, uh, rate us on your podcasting platform of choice to help the ag- algorithm see our Little show, uh, we 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 are so we are we're just a little we're just a, we're just a little, little podcast guy. just a it's little our, podcast it's, it's our, our birthday, birthday. <laughs> it's our birthday. Uh, so if if you could if you uh, have the time and energy and generosity in your heart and spirit, uh, we would love it if you went in gave us a five star review maybe left us a compliment uh, not a compliment a comment on uh, on your podcatcher of choice we would really appreciate it the the all-seeing Apple eye of the algorithm uh, is so far blind to us. Uh, mostly, it's we. But if we just use the One Ring, perhaps it will go <laughs> in our direction. Um, but uh, for today, we've uh, studied the Sakuga. We've had a really good conversation, uh, and we can consider this case closed. <laughs> I don't want to harp on this point too much, Lexi. But I was right about about the Pocky, the poker. <laughs> like, this is... I don't want to, like... I don't want to dunk on you too much, but, like, also something we should acknowledge. I actually want to debate. <laughs> it never happens to me, Olivia. I'm putting it on the board. Putting it on the board. We will give you the W. I'll take it. I'll take it. 